The following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. There's stuff happening in your inner world that causes pain. And can I just say that the, that the healing of the wounded spirit always involves exposing what the poison is, exposing how it got in, and then dealing with how it got in and how it stays in. Because God wants to remove the poison so that he can heal the infection. Now, let, let me tell you something that's very, very powerful here. And you need to hear this, that sometimes what happens is people come for prayer. They get healing for their wounded spirit. But if they don't remove the poison, their spirit gets wounded again. See, 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 the poison has to be removed and then the healing will be permanent. But if we leave the poison in, and the poison has to do with the remembrance of the event, the pain of the event, the, the anger of the event, the, the frustration of the event, the wish it wasn't me, or wish I could change it, or the inner vows that were created at that event, or the unforgiveness, the resentment, the pain, the hurt, and it stays as a poison within your spirit, just attacking you, attacking you, then that poison will infect your inner world and create a wounded spirit. So consequently, what ends up happening is that we build walls around our wounded spirit. And so you always see people with a wounded spirit, they've, they, they've got walls to protect them. They, they, they've got restrictions as to how close they let people in. There's, there, there's always this attitude of, uh, uh, I, I, I'm very wary of people, and I let people close to me. And, and that's a classic sign of someone with a wounded spirit because they've got a, war, a wall around their heart. Can I just say to you people that have got a wall around you to protect you, that the wall also stops good people from loving you. So as wonderful as you think the wall is, it's also a prison to keep you locked in. And there's so many people that are locked in themselves psychologically, emotionally, to protect themselves from getting wounded again because the pain is so big. I want to say that, that the answer is here in Jesus. He's here to heal your wounded spirit, your broken heart. He's here to pull the wall down so that you can treat people on their legitimate merits rather than, than every person starts in the negative. They got, this, they got to work them way, their way up to neutral and then they win points from that. Wouldn't it be good to have everybody start at neutral and as they show themselves to be trustworthy they're able to build points rather than right in the negative build to neutral and then maybe who knows how long and how many years uh, so last week we also looked at how do you get a wounded spirit and i've got seven ways that we get a wounded spirit that i want to talk to you about today last week we just covered guilt and shame this week i want us to talk about Sexual immorality, how that creates. You say, what? You mentioned the word sex. Yes, I've mentioned the word sex because you get exposure to it almost 24-7. And, uh, and if it's not talked about in church in a godly way, then we are actually doing you a disfavor. So can I talk to you about sex this morning? Wow, five people said yes. The rest of you are saying Depends what you're going to talk about. Well, I want to talk to you about sex from the biblical perspective, that God created it. And the reason he created it. So if you, in Genesis chapter 2, 
verses 24. This is the first mention of sex in the Bible. And it's God introducing it to Adam and Eve. For this reason, a man shall leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So God invented sex to bring two people together so that they can become one. And so that's why God only wants us to understand that sex is for marriage. It's not outside of marriage. And the reason it's for marriage is that it actually brings two people together and they become one flesh through the act of, of, of sex. It becomes the joining of two spirits and they become one. There's an intimacy that's created. It's like a glue that God has created to bring a husband and wife together. And in that coming together, they become one flesh. That's what God intended. You say, well, what's the problem? The problem is when two people have sex and they're not married. Why is that? Because the glue still works. And so what happens is that you actually get attached to someone who hasn't promised to you, I am going to be faithful and loyal to you until death do me part. That's the only person with whom it is legitimate for you to join yourself with that loyal person, that person that has promised their faithfulness to you right to the end. Anybody else hasn't made that covenant. And so they can walk away. But when they walk away, they walk away with some of you. And you walk away with some of them. And a soul tie is created. And, and the power of this is, is, is that something of you is gone with that person. And they might be the biggest creep in the world, but they take something of you because in that act of sex, you've given something of you to them that was designed by God as glue to keep you together. But now they've walked away. They take something of you. It creates a wound in your spirit. So it goes on and on and on and on and on and on. So we're here to help. One of, one of the things that you can't do is change your past. Your past is set in concrete. But your future is spotless. There's not one mistake in your future. And so I don't care if your skin, your sins are as red as scarlet. I don't care what you've been involved in and what you've done. There's hope in Jesus. This is not about changing your past. It's about forgiving your past. It's about getting your past dealt with. But it's certainly about changing your future and making sure that if you were a parent, that you set your kids up for success, not for failure. So one of the ways that people get wounded spirits is through sexual immorality. Let me tell you another way that people get wounded spirits, and that's through abandonment slash rejection. Abandonment, rejection. How many of you know that every, every one of us need to feel accepted? And God is the one who accepts us the most, but then we need the significant people in our life to accept us. And... If the significant people in our lives reject us, it creates a deep wound in our spirits that is unbelievably painful. I remember pastoring my first church in Lismore and, um, and having one of the young men in our church who was having huge issues in his family. He just kept 
he just kept at his family. He just he had a beautiful wife, but just kept at her all the time. And so and I said, tell me about your past. And he says, oh, you don't want to hear about my past, Pastor. And I said, what, what do you mean? He says, well, he says, when, when I was four or five years of age, my parents were heavy drinkers. And so, uh, so they put me and my brothers and sisters on the curb in front of the pub. They bought us some fish and chips. They said, eat fish and chips and, uh, and uh, we'll go into the pub and then get you later. And so uh, 10.30 at night, the police drive up. And they said, uh, what are you kids doing here so late? And I says, oh, we're waiting for our parents to come out of the pub. And the police said, the pub closed half an hour ago. And these kids were abandoned. And this young man then was put into foster homes and lived his whole life in foster homes. And so now here he is now. He's a school teacher. He's intelligent. He's bright. He's gone through, through uni. He's studied. He's got a beautiful wife, beautiful kids. But he's been programmed. And his programming was this. If your parents abandon you, what hope do you have? And so he programmed himself through his wounded spirit that his wife who loved him would also one day abandon him. So because he sowed that seed, he believed that. And we had to break it. I mean, it was just a tough journey. It was just a tough, tough journey to break and heal the wounded spirit. But I remember the day when, when, when we went for his rededication of his marriage. He got his spirit healed. He got rid of that wound in his spirit. He started to understand, maybe my parents abandoned me, but my God will never abandon me. And because he hasn't abandoned me, I'm not going to abandon my wife. I'm not going to abandon. He got this incredible change because the wound that was deep in his spirit that he had buried out of rejection and abandonment was healed in Jesus name let me tell you another way that we can have a wounded spirit and that's through negative words when I was a kid I used to say sticks and stones may break my bones but words may never hurt me how many of you ever saying that that's not true how many of you know it's not true Words can do deep emotional hurt, deep emotional pain. One of the things that Anne and I decided when we got married was this. We can't stop other people saying negative words to our kids, but we weren't going to do it. And so we determined that we would watch every single word that came out of our mouths so that we would not ever be guilty of infesting our kids with negative words and words of they can't or they're an idiot or how stupid are you? I mean, some of you are sitting here today and still words, negative words that were spoken to you when you were in school still resonate and control your life. Some teacher might have said to you, you'll never amount to anything. You are just an idiot. And, it's, and it just penetrates into your spirit and creates a wound. I, I remember when I was a kid growing up, just always being confronted with the words wog, dago, spick. I had to get healed from that sort of stuff. Seriously, just had to get healed from that sort of... I, you know, I, I ended up hating my surname and wishing it was Smith or Jones. But not Juliano. Do you know, one of the biggest surprises that, that hit me was when my kids were at high school and they came home one day and they said, oh, Juliano is a real cool name to have. 
what? That was so removed from my mindset. I said, then I said, yeah, it is a pretty cool name to have. Mate. Here I was hoping for a Smith and a Jones. A Smith and a Weston sometimes I hope for, but never mind. We won't even go there. Just the whole negative words and the negative attitudes. And, and, just, and, and I just remember the daggers. And I, I still remember this day just sitting, going home from school on a bus. And just because I have an ethnic background, this, some kid came and sat, a big kid came and sat next to me. And he just, I didn't know who he was. But he looked at me, he spat into my face and said, I hate you. And I just remember the, the, how that ripped my heart out. There was just those words were so powerful. And, and I had to get healing from that as well. And, and I remember my teenage years, just, just those words that would resonate and just the in, inferiority that I felt from those words. Now, I was a pretty good looking teenager. Did you say you still are? Come on. He's looking for a pay rise, I'm sure. But you know what? I never saw that. I never saw that at all. I thought I was ugly. I thought I was useless. I was afraid of people. I was scared of girls. I was just, just the inferiority that took place. Why? Because those negative words got into my spirit. And would we, I'd try to cover it up. But deep down, I, I, my self-belief was, was really, really low. And you know what healed me was when I went to Bible college at 18. And I started in my devotional life to read the book of Ephesians. And started to put my name in the book of Ephesians. I just put my name. I started reading the book over and over again. But I put my name. Wherever it says you were blessed with spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, I'd put my name. Not you. John Juliano is blessed with spiritual blessings in Christ. John Juliano has been redeemed. John Juliano has been before the foundations of the earth chosen. And so I, I, I had to literally write my name in the Bible to begin to believe the truth of what God said about me to overcome the negative words that other people said about me. Maybe some of you need to get healed from the negative words that were spoken into your life and start to hear the words of God. Maybe some of you have, have been told that God speaks negatively about you, but that's a lie from the devil because God loved you so much. He sent his son to die for you. He hasn't got nothing negative to say about you. He loves you. You're precious to him. He sees you as, as the most important person that you could ever imagine. That's the way God sees you. You've got to break the power of negative words. Bullies, abusers, manipulators use negative words to wound. Let us not be guilty of using negative words to wound others. You say, oh, I don't. Hey, do you ever gossip? Do you ever spread rumor? How many of you know that that's destroying someone's character? How do you know that the gossip is true? Why don't you phone up the person to whom the gossip is directed towards and say, hey, listen, these people are saying this about you. Is that true or not? You say, oh, I would never do that. Well, then don't spread gossip. Don't spread rumor. If someone is talking to you about your brother and your sister in a negative way, we say, oh, whoa, whoa, hang on here. Do you think it's fair for us to talk about them without them being here? Let's phone them up and invite them to come so we can deal with this. 
Well, what's the righteous thing to do? To listen to it? Or to bring the person who's being assassinated into the room to defend themselves? Because one thing that I know is that everything that is said about you is someone's perspective that might not be the truth. And so, and so it's important that we give you room to defend yourself if someone's saying something negative about you. And, and, and if it's true, let's see if we can win you over. Let's see if we can embrace you and take you to a higher level in God. Isn't that the noble thing to do? Isn't that what Christians do? Isn't that the DNA of the church? Come on, if you're going to give the Lord a clap, give him a good one. Amen. Let me tell you, the sixth way that people get a wounded spirit is, is through shattered dreams. Proverbs fifteen thirteen says, through sorrow of heart, the spirit is broken. Shattered dreams. Nothing creates sorrow of heart like a shattered dream. I remember one day after church, one of, one of, one of our members came to me. And, uh, and, and this was his attitude, just came straight out of the congregation. Don't talk to me about faith anymore. I don't believe in faith. You, you, you preachers are all about faith and that, but my business has just gone bankrupt. God didn't save my business. And he just went on and on and on and on. And you know what? I just let him. His dream got shattered. His dream, and he just had to vent. And so, and his venting was directed at me. Because I'd been healed of my wounded spirit, he wasn't pressing my buttons because they'd been healed. Oh, in the past, let me tell you, I would have taken it personally. Why don't you talk to me about faith? No, no, he's needing to vent. That's okay. What, what you need? Well, didn't you correct him? It wasn't time for me to correct him. Do you think he would have listened? All I needed to do was just put my arm around him and say, listen, I'm really sorry. You lost your business. Your dreams have been shattered. Can I grieve with you at the loss that you've just had? You know, there's a, there's a season that we need to weep with people. There's a season where we can rejoice with people. But sometimes we can do the rejoicing better than the weeping. And when you're weeping with someone, don't preach at them. Just weep with them. You don't, have to, you don't have to preach at people all the time. What you have to do is do the journey of life with people. And when dreams are shattered, when someone's lost a baby, when someone's lost a loved one, when someone's lost a business, when someone's lost something that they had their dreams all focused in on and it's just come shattering around them, they need to grieve, and we need to allow them to grieve. And grief in itself is not a wounded spirit. What? The Holy Spirit grieves. There's nothing wounded about the Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about us not grieving the Holy Spirit. We can grieve. Grief is not a sin. Grief is not a wounded spirit. But grief can become a wounded spirit if we let the poison in. If we don't resolve our grief by finding the new normal. And there's a, to find the new normal, there's a journey involved in it. And sometimes we just got to let people do the journey and walk with them and say, yes, what was normal is no longer normal for you. 
That's why you're grieving. Because you've lost your old normal. But one day you'll find the new normal. You'll find the new normal. And that's the journey that we've got to take people on. And when that happens, then they won't have a wounded spirit because the poison is no longer there. Let me tell you one other way that people get a wounded spirit, and that's through violation. What a horrible thing it is to be violated. You say, what's violation? Well, violation is when someone is raped or robbed or bashed or abused. I mean, when violation, it's, 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 it's a strong word. And I tell you, everyone that's had a break-in in their home feels violated. It's like someone's come into my property. Violation is a horrible thing. But what happens is this, is that it often happens in life, violation. We, we, we just went to Barcelona for our Phil Fellowship, and four of our team were mugged right there in Barcelona. They were mugged. They got, that's violation. Someone breaks into your home and you're still in the house. That's a violation. Someone gets raped. That's a violation. My goodness. There's a story in the Bible that rips my heart out every time I read it because it's one of the biggest violations that I've found in the Bible. It's in 2 Samuel chapter 13. It's the story of Tamar. And it's the story of this beautiful young lady. Just, I, I mean, they used to dress her in colorful robes. Colorful robes because she was the king's daughter and she was a virgin. And so she stood out in the crowd. And, and you could understand that with the colorful robes come the dancing and the joy. And just, I, whenever I read the story, I just see this beautiful face. And I see this beautiful girl just full of life and full of joy. And a half-brother called Amnon starts to lust after her. And he creates a scheme where he's alone with his half-sister. And then rapes her. And then his own sense of shame that he had turns into hatred towards her. See, this is what happens sometimes with people. Their own self-hate is turned around towards others. And so the Bible tells us that with the same passion that he had towards her, now it turns to hate. And he kicks her out and she says, please don't do this. It's, it was wrong for you, for you to rape me, but it's wrong now for you to send me away. But he sent her away and actually got young men to throw her out. And then she goes to her other brother's house, Absalom's house, and tells Absalom the story of what the other brother did, the other half-brother. And the Bible tells us that she stayed desolate in the house of Absalom, wounded spirit. We're talking, we're talking sexual abuse. We're talking rejection. We're talking abandonment. We're talking shame. We're talking violation. We've, we've got basically the whole, the whole seven here in this one girl. And when I read this story, I think, oh, God, I would have loved to reach out to Tamar and just ministered healing into a wounded spirit. 
And you say, Tamer, a horrible thing has happened to you. But it, but it doesn't have to define the rest of your life. Please don't let the horrid things in your past define your future. Francis said it so beautifully this morning. I'm not defined by my quadriplegia. I'm Francis. I'm free. Too many people with wounded spirits allow the wounded spirit to define their life. I want to say to you that, that Tam, we don't hear the end of Tama's story except that she, the last words that we read of her is that she stayed desolate. That word desolate means destroyed, wasted in Absalom's house. What a sad ending. What's your ending going to be? Is your ending going to be like Tama's? Or are you going to say, you know what? I can't change the past, but I can change the future. I can't change what happened to me in my past, but I can change how I move into the future. Because God wants to heal you. He wants to heal the brokenhearted. He wants to, he, 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 he wants to bind up your wounds today. Well, how do you do that, John? Just address the poison. Pull it out. Don't let the poison stay in your spirit. Come on, pull the poison out. Allow God to pull the poison out of your spirit. Forgive what happened. Address the poison, pull it out. And when you pull the poison out, say, Jesus, I'm going to let you in. And his hand comes into that wound. And now that the poison, because he wants to do surgery, cut it open, remove the poison. When the poison is all removed, he can bind up the brokenhearted and minister healing. Because what he wants to do is just pour out his love on you. A baptism of love. A baptism of acceptance, a baptism of mercy, a baptism of grace just surround you. He wants, he wants you to come into his inner chamber where he can just embrace you with his love. And he says, he wants to say to you, let me heal your broken heart. Let me heal your wounded spirit. Let me heal that place that was filled with poison and infection so that you can be healed and move on without the wounds of the past constantly affecting your future. Today is the day to be healed of your wounded spirit so you can move on into God's incredible future for you. Amen. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Center Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 